0: Choir, lovely, thank you so much. That's the Vance Chancel Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. Today is a day in the life of the church that is frequently referred to as Good Shepherd Sunday because the texts that we hear this day are often about Jesus the Good Shepherd. Um, I was asked or instructed, depending on how you look at things, by a member of the session to instead today preach on membership, new members, and what the church means, and so we're going to give that a try. See, I am teachable. But some of the reason the liturgy has come back with Good Shepherd is exactly that reason that I just mentioned. So we turn first to the book of First John, the third chapter, the 16th through the 21st verses. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need, yet refuses help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive him from whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment. That we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. All who obey His commands abide abide in Him, and He abides in them. And by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit that He has given us. And then the third chapter of Colossians, starting at the twelfth verse. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word, Or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the 1980s, sociologist named Robert Bella wrote a book called Habits of the Heart, Individualism and Commitment in America. In this book, he describes the emerging American culture of radical individualism. Clearly, the meaning of one's life for most Americans is to become one's own person almost to give birth to oneself, Bella wrote. To become one's own person and to give birth to oneself. This reflects a view of the self and community where community drops away, recedes so far into the background that only the separate and the self-reliant individual comes into focus. This self is the individual who has no necessary relationships of mutuality, whose individual accomplishments overshadow the sense of gifts received, where one makes it alone or not at all, where consuming goods takes precedence over public responsibility, where the church as our mother is replaced by self-birthing. Rugged Americanism. Rugged American individualism. Not at all helped by the romantic notion of the American West, John Wayne had no use for community. Or, as the country song says, Marshall Dillon never asked Miss Kitty to settle down and marry him. He just stole a kiss and rode away. He never hung his hat up at Kitty's place. Should have been a cowboy. No? Okay, well, right? We all know concerns about loneliness, isolation, and lack of community have greatly emerged during the past year. But even prior to that, Americans were clamoring for acceptance and embrace. The 2019, 2019 prior to COVID, 2019 statistics are staggering. The average person in the US reported only having one close friend. 1 in 4 had no confidence confidants at all. And 75% of people said they were unsatisfied with their friendships. Religious service attendance remains on the decline, and other forms of community are hard to find. In the town of Axtell, Nebraska, I used to say that the little bar in town was as good a community as most churches. And indeed, it was true. One study has even found that loneliness... Get this. This is great. Loneliness has the same effect on life expectancy as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And lack of social contact contact can hasten cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, heart disease, depression, and suicide. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, this only affects older adults. No, 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 not so. Generation Z, look at them, they're beautiful. Not you. The kids over here, you know. (laughs) Generation Z are those 18 to 22. Not you, the kids over here. (laughs) Who's 18 to 22, hands? Oh, not as many as I thought. I would have put this section over here in that. Yeah, love you. Yep, love you, love you. Get this, though. Generation Z, who's 18 to 22, appear to be more lonely than any, with 68% saying no one knows them well. Essayist Roxane Gay has written, so many of us are reaching out, hoping someone out there will grab our hands and remind us that we are not alone as we fear. It's staggering, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Okay, but look around. Look to your right, look to your left. We might just have the start of a solution here for you. Hang, hang with me. Among other things, one reformed understanding of the church offers us the church as a dynamic community, dependent on the living Lord as it seeks to be in mission, changing the world. John Stott, that great evangelical mind, says, "In reformed tradition, the church is the communion of saints, And that's not just communion with those out there. It's not just some ethereal connection that we have, but rather, it points the church, points to the church as a community marked by mutual care and bearing of burdens." Where sins are forgiven, encouragement is shared, and faith is deepened and corrected. It is the people who know and live as members of one another because they are members of the body of Christ and who exercise toward each other and toward all neighbors the love and justice of Jesus. listen here, to the marks of membership in our book of order and how they relate to the notion of the communion of saints, of us being a community that cares for one another and the world. Here's what it says. Membership in the church of Jesus Christ is a joy and a privilege. It is also a commitment to participate in Christ's mission. A faithful member bears witness to God's love and grace and promises to be involved responsibly in the ministry of Christ Church. Such involvement includes these 12 marks of membership: proclaiming the good news in word and deed. And remember when it says proclaiming, that's not just speaking, that's not just me speaking, but it's you listening. Proclaiming is both preaching and hearing. Taking part in the common life and worship of the congregation. See, community gathered. Lifting one another up in prayer, mutual concern, and active support. Studying scripture and the issues of Christian faith and life. Is the morning adult Sunday school class becoming a community? Indeed, it is. Supporting the ministry of the church through the giving of money, time, and talents. Demonstrating a new quality of life within and through the church. Responding to God's activity in the world through service to others. Living responsibly in the personal, family, vocational, political, cultural, and social relationships of life. That is the very definition of community. Working in the world for peace, justice, freedom, and human fulfillment. And this one they just added at our last General Assembly. Caring for God's creation. We live in community with our neighbor, the earth, and have a responsibility there. Participating in the governing responsibilities of the church, note that that's almost the last one on the list, and reviewing and evaluating regularly the integrity of one's membership, and considering ways in which one's participation in worship and service of the church may be increased and made more meaningful. Now, I can see some of your faces. And I know what you're thinking. That all sounds good. It's all words on a page. It's like everything else in that book of order. It's just a bunch of words on a page. Where's the beef in that? You might remember that I preached, oh, several months ago about a new friend of mine, a young man, who was at one point in his life so angry with the man who had cheated with his wife, then-wife, that he wanted to kill him. And when I say this guy wanted to kill that other man, there's no exaggeration in that. That's not like when your kid spills orange juice on the carpet and you say, hey, I'm going to kill you. No, he had a gun, he had a plan. He was ready to end this other man's life. marks of membership of the church. He posted this on Facebook not too long ago. I just want to talk a minute to the people who are lost or on the verge of Christianity or just trying to figure things out. I was like you. I was lost, sad, depressed, and believe it or not, done with my life because of the challenges I faced in my life and couldn't bear what the future was going to hold now this all sounds like a dark storm cloud right something same thing happened to jesus except he commanded the storms to be still and so they were each and every one of you will face a challenge almost unbearable but you won't Face it alone. I didn't know this till I was introduced to Jesus and a church more welcoming than a Walmart greeter. I think that should be our goal here at Vance, by the way, to be more welcoming than a Walmart greeter. Jesus showed me life when life was gone. Praise be to God. See, friends, in the text for today, John, a disciple who was loved by Jesus, and Paul, the 13th apostle, essentially say the same thing. It's a message based on Jesus' message when he was asked, what is the most important commandment? And he says, love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. It is the very thing we are put on earth to do. And the church is designed to help us carry out that greatest commandment. Here we love God. Surrounded by our neighbor's Our neighbors in this community whom we can love and our neighbors in a community outside of this one whom we can serve. This is our task. To love God, to love neighbor.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen.